0: Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. All right, this is the Fizzle Show. My name is Chase Wardman Reeves, and I'm here with Steph Crowder at Corbett Barr. And at the Fizzle Show every week, every Tuesday we publish another conversation for people who are creating businesses to live life on your own terms because it's amazing when you do it, right? Like I don't have a boss. Uh, it's incredible I can create a life of my own it's amazing and it's possible it's not just me it's not just a like you don't have to be some fancy pants entrepreneur to do it this is something that people are doing using the power of the internet and classic business stuff but it is difficult okay it is difficult to do And it has always been difficult to do. It's not like it's just got difficult. It's just that sometimes there's these easy breaks and some people nail it right at the right time. That doesn't mean it's not possible. It's possible, but it's difficult. And that's why we do this show, to help people earn a living doing something that they care about. Now, if you're building something that you care about, if you want it to earn you some extra revenue, whether it's on the side or whether you want it to be your full-time hustle or something like that, and if you want to especially earn a living doing something you actually care about, Something that like nourishes you. Something that like doesn't just take all your energy away from you. If you want to go further, faster in your building of that thing, that's what we're the most passionate about. And we created a business just to support people who are doing that. It's called Fizzle. All right. And it's $35 a month for the community, for the courses, for that. Listen, there's a bunch of stuff in it. What it really is, is it's a, it's an anecdote, anecdote. No, an antidote to burnout okay? It's a, it's a, it's a f- provider of, of motivation. It helps you make progress. It helps you put together a strategy that's more rock solid than you could do on your own because why are you trying to do this on your own? It's, it's difficult to do this thing, right? So burnout, momentum, progress, strategy, relationships, feedback, answers to your questions, Right? You don't even know what kind of relationships can just blow up in your face and turn into amazing partnerships. Blow up in your face is probably not the right term (laughs) phrase to use there. I meant like blow up with like glitter and sparkles. (laughs) That's what I that's what I meant. Um, so we created a business called Fizzle that is, that is a membership community, $35 a month, but we want you to try it absolutely for free if you want to go further, faster in creating your business thing, getting your independence off the ground because there's nothing like living life on your own terms. And I'm not saying that like a slogan. Like I Actually, it's the best I can do. Like That's how good it feels every day <laughs> for me. I'm liking it, and it takes work, and it takes balance, and it's like, it's like yoga. You, you got to show up even when you don't feel like it you know, but that doesn't have to be so hard and you don't have to do it alone. What I was thinking about the other day is you got to do the work. You, you have to do the work, but you don't have to be alone. And I think that makes a really big difference for us, Uh, you know, mammals in general, but us humans specifically, (laughs) especially modern humans. So anyways, you can try five weeks for fizzle for free, five weeks of fizzle for free totally for free. We just want you to get in, kick the tires, and see if it if you like it. You can cancel at any time. We're the kind of business where it's not we're not sleezing you out. It's a very different kind of business. So if you're interested in it, check it out at fizzle.co slash try5. That's just for you, Fizzle Show listeners. Fizzle.co slash try5 to get five weeks for free. Okay, sorry for the long intro there. This is Fizzle Show episode number 208. And Corbett Barr, Steph Crowder, how you guys doing? hey Howdy. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. We got the hey-oh and the howdy. <laughs> Dig it. So, Steph, we're talking about something that let's just dive right into it. I, okay. I, I'm loving this topic that we're talking about today because it's sort of, I guess in some ways it's been my wheelhouse when I've worked as a designer and as a consultant. and, as a, and But more than that, it's like uh, this is just like what I see people not spending enough time on. In their mm-hmm. businesses. Like they're yep. just it's this early stage thing that that like surprisingly, people don't know that this is something you really need to focus on. Wanna give us a little introduction of what we're getting into?
1: Yeah. And on top of what you just said, people don't know. There's also an added layer of being unsure of how to do it or maybe even being skeptical about whether or not this is is as important as some of the quote unquote experts will tell you that it is. So Mm. today we are talking about, you know, you need to define your ideal client, target market and niche, right? And... I think it's really important right off the bat because I just have this sense if, uh, you know, talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs serves as any context here. There's a lot of people out there who have been listening to podcasts for a while or maybe have just been kind of in this space for a while who are rolling their eyes slash considering turning off this podcast right now. And to those people, I say, don't do it because this episode is <laughs> going to be <laughs> different than what you think. Because
0: no, why it, do you think that? Because it's just it's just such a it's a topic that, you know, we've, people have just like I don't know. Hit like a dead. What's the what's the dead horse thing? I don't being know. One? It's being a dead horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's the beating it of it. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay. It's, I, that's so violent. Like I hate even saying things like that right now. Like that's Not terrible. Great. But but the people people are like I'm bored with this topic because I've heard so much about it. Is that what you're getting
1: at? Yeah. And I think that the terms themselves have become so general. And so they like, they just are devoid of meaning at this point because yeah. they're just used on every single, you know, website that's claiming to teach people how to entrepreneur. This is like everywhere mm-hmm. to the point yeah. where it's almost, I think it's almost assumed like the meaning is assumed and people are like, Oh yeah, find your ideal client moving on. And it's never really talked about on a like fundamental Relatable level, I think. And this is, I I think, this is one of the number one things, maybe even the number one thing. I'm curious to know if you guys agree that people struggle with, at least in the fizzle community for, you know, people who are in the beginning, we call it phase one. If you, the fizzle roadmap, we have three phases of business building and phase one is really the foundation for coming up with your idea and deciding what you're going to be about. And I always call it like the blueprint for if you're building a house, it's like creating of the blueprint. This is the, the number one questions we get are around this stuff. I mean, Mm. all the time. And So some of the things that that I think some people might be thinking, and you guys let me know if I leave anything out, but here are the things that we hear most commonly in regards to being unsure about this whole thing. Because like I said, there's some skepticism absolutely around the idea of having an ideal client having a target mar- market and having a niche. So a lot of people might be thinking, I just don't want to say no. Like I don't want to have to say no to potential customers. I'm just starting out and I really want to be able to quit the job that I hate. So can't I just work with whoever I want to work with? Like what? why can't I just work with anybody who's going to pay me money? That's one mm. of the big, the big reasons people might be not totally excited to talk yeah. about this whole thing. Another one is I just want to do blank, right? I just want to m- blog. I just want to make, you know soy candles. I don't want to mm. worry about who I'm going to market to. And by the way, this other person that I look up to, this podcaster or this you know physical product maven, they do it all. They have all kinds of different products or they talk about everything related to cooking. Why can't I do the same thing? Why are you telling me that I have to just pick one thing? And then, of course, there's this whole other topic of what happens if I pick the wrong thing? There's a lot mm. of Fear around going down one road because then you feel like you're closing the door to all these other opportunities. And as human beings, I think we're all multi passionate, multi potentialate, and chances are you have a number of interests. So to pick one, if you're, let's say, you're into cooking, knitting, running, and parenting, and you just you know, pick knitting, it can be really, you know, I don't know, limiting. People feel like they're being put in a box. They're like, well, I don't want to just talk about knitting. Why can't I also talk about cooking and parenting and running? Because mm. these are all things that are part of my life. Yeah. So I think what we're going to get into today is going to help address all of these questions. These questions are all like so fair and so real. And, um, you know, Chase, something you said earlier this week, I'd love maybe for you to reiterate on the microphone for, for people, because I've been thinking about it since you said it, which is that, it's really hard. This is really hard. I think it's really hard to be about something. So, can you elaborate on that and talk about that? Because when you said it, it really stuck with me.
0: Mm. Mm, let me think if I'm getting you right here. This, this is probably what during our stand-up meeting every week, we have a meeting us three because we're building a business. And, and I'd like to at the end of every meeting try to you know remind us. I, I'm constantly every day, if you go to fizzle.co slash journal, you'll see exactly the way in which I'm doing this every day, how I journal every single day to stay motivated because I'm connecting myself to why what I'm doing matters to me. You know, as well as to my customers, and I and I get I get really into seeing my customers turned on, and like when you get that energy that 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 like uh, I don't know that that vibration that starts to happen when it starts working, like the world starts giving back to you, uh, the same sort of level of enthusiasm that you've been putting into it, you know, um, the. There's This is what I, what I, what I think I said. It was something about like it's really easy in the world of entrepreneurship today. And, and listener, you might be square in one or two of these 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 buckets or you might be somewhere in between. Most of us are somewhere in between, right? There is uh just straight up looking for the opportunity. These are like the people from Jersey who like, listen man i've been I've, I've been selling lemonade since I was three and a half. All right, My dad was in jail. I had to put money on the table for my mom when I was four. You know, so I know how to hustle people, how to get money. The t- you got to do the thing, you got to make the stuff. Like, see, I know where to find an opportunity. I can turn $1 into two. That's what I learned how to do. You know what I mean? This is opportunity. I'm looking for an opportunity that where I can turn $1 into two. And it's kind of like money is the name of the game. Um, and money is uh, the name of one of the games that we have to play in modern life. Right. But then there's this other thing, uh, this other bucket, maybe on the far end of the spectrum, which is like, I, I just want to do things I care about. Like, not just for me personally, because if it was up to me, I would just lie on in, in bed and, and watch every Dave Chappelle stand-up special to, uh, for till, till I fall to my to my death, right? Uh I was just watching the new Netflix one. So Dave Chappelle's on my brain. It's uh, <laughs> the first one's incredible. I'm I'm so glad he's back. It's amazing. if in case you don't know it, Dave Chappelle has three new stand-up specials in Netflix. They just came out. He made like a fifty million dollar deal with Netflix. <laughs> God, I'm just so excited about it. Sorry. so, so But this, this idea of, of it's really, really hard to make it work as an opportunity doing something that you care about, right? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to give a damn about what you're doing and then also make that thing work. Now, I, actually, that might be a, 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 a false dichotomy kind of thing. I don't know, because maybe it's only hard because we're thinking it's going to be hard right? Mm -hmm. It's not actually that hard. It's only hard because you're expecting it to work right away or expecting it to make this much money. But the truth is for me, at least I just don't see, I see most people like, like, uh, uh, not thinking that the thing that they care about, uh, not because you don't have one thing you care about, right? I don't want to make that false assumption. But I see a lot of people going, I can't do this thing that I really want to do, so instead I'll do this thing, because at least then I'll be independent, but that seems like more of an opportunity. We see this all the time in the fizzle forums of people yeah. going like, all right, I got two ideas. One of them I'm like, whoa, that'd be amazing, but I yeah. don't think I could do it. The other one is like, you know, t- t- social media help for lawyers, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, I don't know, I, I could do, and it's a niche, and it's a t- t- and you know, and, and I, the truth is, I see happy people. Um, I, I see happy people in both of these both of these stories, right? So the whole thing is going to be you got to figure your own your own way. And there's not a right or a wrong answer here. It's just I like people when there's a. I, I actually what I'm saying is is I personally am so motivated intrinsically and get so much juice from caring, from seeing that there's a story that matters in the thing that I do. Like, and it's not a stupid story. You know, like Colgate is like talking to their employees, going like, you guys got to remember, we are putting affordable tooth care on the market for people. And we're actually uh, trying to get them to pay as much as possible. So, but at least we have some affordable ones as well. And it's, you know, they create these stupid stories about why their corporation matters. And it's just baloney you know it's total baloney whereas with me and fizzle every single intro that i do is basically ad-libbed because i'm going i'm flowing from the heart cuz it's like this stuff i care about i totally care about people i care about myself earning an independent living it feels like a superpower mm-hmm. right so because i have that care i can i can draft from that motivation and it's hard to do that it's really hard to do that and i and i love that you brought that up here stuff because uh, to kind of to you one of your points where it's like i don't listen i don't want to think about the i just want to make my thing yeah you know i just want to make my thing right and and in some ways and you see there's some people are really successful doing that you'll see these comic artists uh having you know just an internet comic that just like blows up and they're just like i was doing my own thing like i, I was doing it for me and my friends like barely you know just mostly for me <laughs> right and then it blew up and then you'll see a lot of other people trying to do that and not getting successful right? Because successful is defined, they, maybe they're, you know, anyways, you see other conversations about what, how to define your own success. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have I totally blown up our conversation, Steph? No,
1: no, not at all. And the other thing, so that was one part I wanted to get at, but then there was this other thing that you had that wrapped into that original conversation we had, which is, I I think we've talked about this before on the show for sure, but you said something like it's harder, sometimes it's harder to be about You know, to really like double down and say, you know what? No, I am about like hats or, you know, dog beds or whatever we see. And it's like, I don't mean to knock anybody at all. I mean, I started a career coaching business, so I'm as guilty as anybody. But there are like a bazillion. This is why there are a million personal development blogs and things like that. Because to some degree, and I I, I totally see this, like I see why this is, is a thing, but for whatever reason, it's harder sometimes to be about a thing because I mm. think all the things we've talked about, it feels risky. It feels like, what if people don't like it? Like, what if people don't care enough about hats to support my mm. business? Or what mm. if people don't really care about homemade dog beds? So I think it's if, 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 for that reason, it's safer if it, or people perceive it's safer to stay on the shoreline of personal development and, you know, lifestyle and things like that, that we perceive are going to be more universally accessible, I think. So that is some of the resistance that I think some people face when they're looking at these things like niche, because it's scary. It's scary to say, I am going to be the person who is about, you know, one of these like really like just specific things. So that's kind of one of the things too that I think people really tend to struggle with is they, maybe they hear that voice in their head that's like, man, it'd be really cool if I could make like this soap from beeswax for people, but what if there's not a market for it? So that I think Mm -hmm. is part of what we're gonna get into today. So it's like a couple different things. It's really defining what these things mean, ideal client, target market and niche, because like I said, they get thrown around like confetti and a lot of times they're not defined at all. And then it's also, I think we're gonna, Help hopefully if we've done our job here by the end of this conversation, we'll give people at least a starting point for how to have more confidence about whether your soap that's made from beeswax has a chance at making it based on a few questions you can ask yourself to be sure that there's really like that you really know who your people are gonna be for this thing.
2: Mm,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, Corbett. What do you? What do you? I mean, what are you hearing? Set set up. What we've talked about so far is like, hey, here's why people have a challenge with defining your audience or coming to terms with your target market. Really, it's defining, being intentional about who your target market is, uh, your ideal client. You're defining your niche, understanding the needs and the desires of this market. Um, it's all work about the business, you know, working on the business. It's not like the business doing its thing itself. You know, you're doing Mm -hmm. it beforehand and people have, uh, we just see people struggling with this all the time. Uh, I don't know. What, do you have anything else to add to the setup of this topic before we define these terms?
2: Well, so I think there are, I'm hearing there are a couple of different kinds of people out there. There are people who are on the fence for some reason about Uh, choosing a niche, defining a target market, figuring out who your ideal client is because they're skeptical about it or because they are afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. And then there are also people who uh, maybe haven't done it because they don't know how important it is or Mm -hmm. they don't know how. And for all of those kinds of people, what I would like at the end of this is for us to have convinced them that these things are utterly important, that they will lead to more business success, not less, and uh to show them how to do it in some way
0: yeah love that love that we needed that we needed papa zen to come in and just go like all right here's where we're going people Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take us on Steph.
1: Okay, so this is the part where we're going to get into actually defining these things and hopefully maybe we can talk about an example too just so because I think that's one of the issues, right, is these terms, ideal client, target market, niche. Also we're going to talk a little bit about needs and desires. Like all of these things get kind of mixed up in these in this like really confusing cocktail and and mm. it's sometimes hard to differentiate. What they even are and why each one of them, like what each one of them brings to the table and how they work together. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about in this, in this section here about defining these. But before we do, I just want to mention one thing and we'll talk, we can talk about this a little bit more at the end. But a lot of this episode is being influenced by at least one kind of two courses within Fizzle that I just want to mention. So a lot of this comes from the book yourself solid course in our, inside of Fizzle. So like Chase said at the beginning of the episode, if you go to fizzle.co slash try five, there's a lot more than we're going to be able to get into here today. These Mm -hmm. definitions, as well as some worksheets that frankly, it will really help you think think through this stuff specific to you and what you're trying to do are avail, are available there. And with five weeks, you could easily take this course along with it defining your audience course, which is a really nice compliment. So if this if the stuff we're talking about today is you know something that you're picking up and something that you really need, I would absolutely recommend going and taking those courses with your free trial. So I just wanted to mention that because as we were preparing for this episode today, this is literally where we got it from was inside this course that you can get mm. at fizzle.co slash try five. So
0: yeah, a lot of guys, you might and I know, you know, what had happened was we designed amazing courses within Fizzle, where <laughs> we shared all the answers to stuff and got the, the created the worksheets and the questions to ask for yourself, because it's how you answer these questions that's going to make your business unique, and if it's not unique, then it's not going to survive. Right, and so we made all that stuff, and then we had a podcast on the side. <laughs> okay, guys, some of you are doing it backwards here. You needed to go to the to the courses first, and then you come back to the. I to almost went into I almost went into a voice I'm not allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> you heard? You, you see me trying to write that ship? Dude, yeah. it's bad. It's bad. Putting poppets. So though. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So funny. Okay. All okay.
1: Right. So let's get into some of these definitions. That sound good to you guys?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So first up, we have ideal client. Okay. so here's how we define ideal client. This is the individual that you want to work with based on their values, qualities and characteristics. Okay. so what does that mean? Essentially here. Let me let me actually start. Chase, I'm going to call on you in a second to give Mm. us an example that from a course that you taught the defining your. Call on me, call on me. A
0: little bit 90s, little 90s call diva me. rave going on. Yeah, I like that. Okay, for, you call me whenever you want.
1: For a second, I thought a small child had crept into your office there. I was like, <laughs>
0: what's
1: happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's, the, here's one thing, like here's, I think, a mistake that I see or a misstep, let's call it, with the ideal client that I see all the time within the Fizzle Forum. So I think it's easy to mistake ideal client for this sort of like ephemeral archetype that doesn't really feel tangible or specific or real life. Okay. So I'll give you an example. A friend of mine and some of you who listened to Courage and Clarity heard the episode. We've talked about her before because she's just phenomenal. But Christina Scalera, she is a, a fizzler. And she recently posted on her Instagram about this. And she said when she was trying to like get her business off the ground, she did this whole ideal client thing. And she was thinking of who her ideal client was going to be. And she was thinking of these like Women in Starbucks, like sipping their lattes with like perfectly tousled hair, like throwing their heads back and laughing about things, and (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And I thought that was such a good example of where the ideal client thing tends to go wrong. And she kind of went on to explain that, like, that was not a helpful exercise because, like, who is that woman? Like, that doesn't even exist. That's like the aspirational sort of. That's not probably someone that many of us have encountered in real life. And if we did probably wouldn't want to hang out with them anyway. So I think that Chase has a really helpful exercise in the defining your audience course, which he'll share in a second that helps to take this from the sort of like define your ideal client. And it's this sort of like mystical person who doesn't exist to make it really real life. So Chase, will you share that with us? How can we make this more about like reality versus just Mm. this, you know, fake person that you you wouldn't even be able to track down if you tried.
0: Yeah. Uh and this is also explained in one of our guides, our defining your audience guide, which you can which you can get that guide for free at fizzle.co slash guides. You'll see a list of all of our guides there. All of them are free. All of them are meant to give you a little taste of some of the stuff that's in the courses. Uh they're all they're all essential things for your business. And so dive into those if you haven't yet. Um, eh, because one of them is the defining your audience one, where there's an b- awesome picture of Tyrion Lannister. I'm just remembering, you know, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I make those things really pretty, and I have fun making them. So, uh, th- this exercise is really simple because for exactly what you're talking about, Steph, a lot of people do. Have you ever ever heard of that idea of customer avatar? Yes. you know, you create a customer avatar. Exactly. That's uh, what a lot of some people call an ideal client. Your customer avatar. Uh, that's that's helpful too, but. <laughs> What that means is people, like, normally, so on the web, you'll find a lot of business gurus talking about, here's your, like, here's how you define your customer avatar, and there's just a bunch of questions, and people are, like, answering the questions, and uh, and you come up with, like... My 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 customer avatar. This is my customer. She's Susan. She has a Labradoodle. She shops yeah. at Whole Foods. <laughs> She's probably thirty to forty five years old, and um, she maybe drives a Subaru and whatever. Like you coming up with stuff, and that's cool. Like sometimes those questions that you're answering get you approximating who you need to talk to, but what it never ever ever does is it gets you to a place where you can use sort of what you have literally a few I don't know how many millions of years we have of evolution on our hands for being a social animal where we can use like our like Uh, our body language, our intuition, our our everything that we have with us in communication with another person to to get a sense for, oh, you know what I bet she would like would be something like this. Oh, I'm getting a sense that X, Y, and Z. Oh, I'm getting a, oh, oh. Because we're picking up on billions of pieces of data. Whereas when you're writing in something, you know, you're just coming up with BS, frankly, off the top of your head that you hope is going to help you. You don't know, right? So instead it's very very simple great exercise is to think of someone in your life that you actually know that your business you would like to aim your business at at least for the next 6 months or so like that right it doesn't have to be for forever but for the next 6 months and and for me i was always i i like i had i have a personal blog called ice to the brim where it, it i just kind of collect i just use it to collect quotes from things that I read uh, that I like, and uh, but back in the day I used to write there a lot, and and I was like, who's my you know who's my ideal client so to speak? My who am I going to aim this blog at? Because you need that, you need that as a constraint, like a goal to. I want this to resonate with this person. Whatever else it does, I want it to resonate with this person. Because if I do that, my my guess or my bet is that then it's gonna resonate with a lot more people. It's out of my head, it works for this person, so maybe there's a greater chance that it'll work for more people uh than just this person because this person probably shares a lot of common traits with other people right um and we we, and if we can get because if we can get it outside of our head to resonate with at least another person like wow that's actually a huge barrier to break to go from inside our head or in our notebook or we're just dreaming and sketching to i've communicated it to another person and they were like oh interesting tell me more and they like were actually honestly curious about it and wanted it that is a big step and uh it's impossible to do it just trying to think about it. for everybody or for Susan who has a Labrador, drives a Subaru, and shops at Whole Foods. It doesn't trigger your intuition. It doesn't trigger your emotions. It doesn't trigger this thing that is a finely tuned instrument within you the same way that talking specifically or thinking and aiming specifically at another person. And I use that term aiming very intentionally. You know, that's what it feels like when I'm making, you know, coming up with ideas for content, when I'm strategizing, what could are what are podcast episodes that would be helpful for people? Normally I've got one fizzler in mind that mm-hmm. I've like read through some of their things on the forums, and I'm just like, oh yeah, this would be perfect for Lindsay or this would be perfect for Megan or this would be, oh, you know, this would be great for or, is so-and-so words what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, that I'm thinking of real people with real issues that's when it goes from, in my own personal story, and I know a lot of us share this story, from, you know, hey, can I do something that people will think I'm good for? <laughs> because just psychology. You know, we can get into that another time. Or I try to get into that every time I get a chance, so we'll try not to do that this time. But it's like getting out from the perspective of, or the, you're no longer asking the question, can I do this? You're now asking the question, was that helpful for you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that is such a powerful shift in perspective and in focus, that if I can get you and a lot of a lot of the early courses in Fizzle are focused on that shift, on getting you out of your own. We got to figure out a lot of your stuff totally. Because if you bring, so if you have to be somebody who's not who you, who isn't you, to do that thing, well, that's not going to work either. You're going to burn out, and that's that's the killer of all businesses. You know, that's a mother. That's a n- number one number one killer of, sm- of of new entrepreneurs. Um, but but if I can get you to be both like work on a topic that you care about and get you switched into that fundamental shift towards the other, like, was this helpful for you? And being more concerned about that than, I wonder if I can do this. You know, that's a really big deal. So Mm -hmm. anyways, the ideal client, uh, one exercise, this doesn't work for everybody, but this might work for you. And I find it to be, even if you just open up a page in your notebook or, uh, you know, in your journal or something like that, where you're just like, okay, let's let's pick somebody. And what would I do in my business if I was talking just to this person, right? Mm -hmm. That and just like brainstorm, mind map, come up with, make some drawings, write some things and see how you would shift your business. What would your headline be? What would the topics of your blog posts be? What would the, 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 the product, the first product that you would, would make? And this is someone that you know in your life. Doesn't have to be a best friend. Doesn't have to be someone you know intimately, intimately, intimately. Because it, it, oftentimes it's enough to just have a couple interactions with someone to really have a ton of data to work on them with. Sorry, I'm, I'm going long on that one, but I, I invest That's in good. that because it, it is, it can be like the cure-all of all of this because it shifts your perspective and it gets you focused on making something that actually resonates with someone instead of, you know, am I doing a good job at this, you know?
1: This, I have seen and I picked this up myself from Chase and I have passed it on to a lot of fizzlers that I coach whether it's in the forums or on Fizzle Fridays or you know what have you and this is probably the number one thing that I have seen work for people who are just kind of asking questions along the lines of like I don't know who this is for or I don't know who they are what they need like if you're really struggling at the beginning of the journey I have seen it just like provide such clarity for people because all you have to do is say all right well who have I met who is a real person who I would really enjoy working with, who I feel uniquely positioned to serve. And all of a sudden you see the light bulb go off for people, they're like, I was talking to a guy just the other day and he's like, oh, well actually these two women who work in my office, they'd be great. And then it totally, like Chase said, I love what you said, Chase, about how this helps like trigger your intuition about what this thing is because then mm. once you have that one person in your mind or maybe a couple people that you've run across, then all of a sudden you can start to get into the next thing we're going to talk about, which is target market. Mm. Before we do, I think the important thing to recognize as well is that, and this is something that I've heard you tell people as well, Chase, Corbett, You, I think I've heard you say it too, is it's, it's kind of also a red flag if you can't think of anybody, right? So mm. if you have an yeah, idea yeah. and you can't think of a single person that you've ever met, that would be like an ideal fit for you and your idea and the, the, the thing you want to provide that's as much of a red flag as being able to think of someone like that's just as as helpful so you can kind of divert that energy and say okay well maybe this isn't as much of a need as i thought it was so i think that um one of the problems that i see people making is jumping perhaps jumping right to target market it almost feels Mm. like ideal client is a nice first step because like chase said you can imagine who that person is Mm. and then get into target market which i'm going to define next unless you guys have anything else to add on that one
2: yeah i want to Go for it, Corbett. Just two other quick things. Um, The first is, I would say, ideal client can be the cure-all that really reduces the need for you to define a target market and a niche. Because a lot of us just think very intuitively when we mm-hmm. think about a real person in terms yeah. of who they are and what they need and how you can solve problems best for them, which really starts to cover the things that target market and niche need. So I would really put a lot of focus on identifying an ideal client. Um, also, an ideal client can be someone who can literally tell you, is this thing good or not? It can literally be mm. someone yeah. who you sell this thing to first or offer it to in, in, in exchange for feedback. So it's really important. Mm. The last thing yeah. is, Ideal client in some cases can actually be yourself as well. This works mm-hmm. for some kinds of entrepreneurs where they have a problem that they really need solved. They're confident that there are other people out there, maybe because they went through the target market and niche exercises, but they're really building this thing for themselves. They're going to scratch their own itch in a way. And We've heard a lot of classic entrepreneurship stories about that sort of thing working. I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone, nor should it. In fact, I think it's better if you have an ideal client who is an external person, because you can actually have conversations with that person. But in some cases, it can be yourself.
0: That's a great point. That's good. That's real good. Uh, I'm going to read the ad for today's episode, which is FreshBooks is sponsoring the show today. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses, especially for all you freelancers out there. Uh, Freelancing, you guys, is one of the quickest ways to get to revenue when you're starting up a new business right? You can try to make a blog and get enough people to it so that you can sell them an ebook or something like that. Or you can just, you can reach out to your target customer, your, your ideal client and go like, so do you want to hire me to do this for you right now? Because I can start taking money, teaching you violin or whatever, right? So especially for for freelancers, bucks is awesome. And now they've just redesigned the whole thing from the ground up. So you might want to take a look at it if you haven't again. Obviously, it's invoicing at, at its core, and handling all of your sort of like expense and cash flow. One thing that's great about it is they got a killer mobile app, and it lets you take pictures of your receipts. And FreshBooks organizes them for later. It can create expense reports for you, and also make claiming expenses at tax time a breeze. Don't you want the breeze? Join the breeze. Get the FreshBooks. Okay, so for Fish, fish Books, for Fish Books listener, for Fizzle Show, for Fizzle Show listeners. You guys, uh, they want to give you 30 days unrestricted use of FreshBooks, okay? So, to take advantage of that, go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section, okay? That's freshbooks.com slash fizzle. Enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. Our thanks to FreshBooks for supporting independent business and the fizzle show. Okay, Steph, you ready to take us to the next stage?
1: Yep. So, up next, as far as definition goes, so we talked about ideal client, and I think it flows really well into the next one, which is target market. Okay. So, target market is this is how we define it the specific group of people or businesses you want to serve. Okay. So, with ideal client, we talked about the individual. We did the exercise of imagining, you know, literally writing down the name of someone that you have met or that, you know, it's not just Susan with a Labradoodle at Whole Foods who is not an actual person. Target Market then becomes the more general group that that person fits into. So presumably there are more people out there like that one person that you know, because you don't know everybody in the world, of course. So if you can then look at the larger group that that one person fits into, that is where a target market comes in. Mm. So to kind of extrapolate on the example that Chase gave us of thinking of that one person, that one person that you know, what I have found to be helpful is once you've got a couple people or at least one person, you can, like he said, take pen to paper and start sketching out their Characteristics, you know, what makes them who they are? Why are they the ideal person that you want to work with? You know, is it the type of language that they use? Is it where they hang out? Is it, you know, like going through what adjectives describe them? They're going to be certain things that they're into and they're not as into other things. Do they listen to podcasts or not really? Are they more like video people? You can really get a sense and then again pass it through that filter that Chase mentioned of would so and so be into this or would they not? Or like Corbett said, if it's yourself, you can obviously very easily discern what you would be into since you're the person who's gone through the experience that you're then hoping to instruct. So I think it seems pretty simple, but target market is the larger group that the ideal client fits into. I think like we sort of alluded to before, perhaps the issue is people that where the confusion is introduced is people jump right to target market without first doing the due diligence of understanding like the individual person that fits into this larger group. So Mm. I think once you have a good, I guess, like the takeaway message here is once you have a good idea of who one individual is, then you can start to really understand what is like their, you know, what, what composes them? What are the things about them that make them ideal? Like, why are they ideal? And then you can start to sketch out what other people, Mm, you know, like you can find more people who are like that, I think. So that's kind of for me, what I, what I think the difference is between the two.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's well put because, um, and I think what's interesting about these is, like, like Corbett said, you can kind of focus first and foremost on your ideal client, or you can start calling that like the person in your life that you know who you're going to aim your first iteration of this thing at, <laughs> right? Because up front, if you can make something good for one person, then, you, then you're okay, you got some momentum and you're going and you know when you're trying to get this one person to resonate with this thing on uh that you're making that is clearly something that they already need because otherwise why would you target them you you know like you're trying to find someone who is a perfect uh perfect like like someone with if you're making artisanal dog beds you want to find someone with the dog of the perfect size and the the kind of person who cares about their dog in the right in the kind of way that's going to make them like oh why is your dog better why is Mm -hmm. your dog bed bed better I mean you know. I mean, so it, and then you're like, okay, so how do I make them more interested in my bed than than every other bed out there? Well, microbial and antimicrobial and uh, and also the smell of the pack, and all of a sudden now you have cozy comma, right? One of the or Kama, one of one of these fizzle businesses that's that's killer. Right, a total like I love my dog. I wanted, anyways. We've we talked about that business before, but that's that can be built out of out of just one person. And then the question goes, all right, how do we find more of these one persons? Do <laughs> you know what I mean? How do I? And from that point of the strategy is different. That's when we need to start talking about, like Steph was talking about, what are these characteristics that are that that maybe I can I can extrapolate from in my ideal client. To find other people like this, right? So, are they using yep. some sort of on? Are they are they online in some Facebook group? Are they using? Are they going to websites frequently? Which websites are they like? Uh, what, are there like age characteristics or things that I should look at? And every, the only thing that's important here is about how do we get in front of? There's two things that you have to do. One is you have to make something that resonates with them, but that's completely different than the second thing, which is getting that thing in front of them. Right, This is the thing that we have to do in business. We have to do both of these things. And I'm, I'm passionate about the first. I love the making of the things. But if I'm honest, like I love making the thing because I like performing it for people. I like giving it to them and watching their face like, oh, oh man, and just knowing that people are going like, dude, this is amazing. So when they're watching our courses in Fizzle or listening to our podcast, they're like, this is helpful. I, that's just that's just really for, fundamentally that just gives me a good feeling. I like mm-hmm. that. That's what I like. That's what, I want to do that with my life. You know, I want to make that thing happen. So I like the making of the thing, but I also really like it when the people like enjoy that thing. So if I can find out how to get more people to enjoy this thing, then and that, if that's just a part of my what I do as an entrepreneur, that's killer. That's what we got to do. So if to me some ways target market is kind of like the once we've got something working for this person, now how do we take it up a level and get to more people to like it?
1: Yep, exactly. So I think that what you just said, Chase, kind of leads pretty well into the into the next definition, which I want to get to because I think it's going to sort of tie it all together and hopefully answer one of the most common questions we get about this stuff. So the last thing here is niche, right? So the, the niche part, and I think this is, for me, I, I think uh, this is where people struggle the very most because it's just so vague. It's like you need a niche and people hear that, but I don't think anybody really has a good grasp of what that means. And as I was preparing for this conversation today, it struck me that it has everything to do with the fact that we don't have a good hand. If you're having that feeling, you probably don't have a good handle on the two we've already talked about, right? The ideal Mm. client and the target market. Otherwise, this niche thing is just kind of, it feels like this sort of, I know I'm supposed to do it, but I don't really know, like how am I going to know when I find it is kind of the big question I think we get about this. So... I'll, de- I'll define it first, but the definition here is the specific service you specialize in offering to your target market. Okay, so we've got our individual person that we talked about, that ideal client. Then we've extrapolated that. We've like sort of nailed down some of the characteristics that comprise a larger market. And then the niche, our niche, this is where like, I think this sort of turns to us as the as the entrepreneur, the, the provider. This is where we have to figure out what are we going to offer to this group of people? And that becomes your niche, right? So that's kind of how I understand it, but I want to turn it over to Corbett because I think that, you know, Corbett, you have a ton of expertise on this. And in particular, what I think people are probably asking right now, if, you know, the fizzle forums or any indication questions like, am I narrow enough or how narrow is too narrow? Like, This is the question I think we get every single week, week in and week out in the forums. I'm seeing it in every which way with all the different kinds of phrasing possible. Am I narrow enough? Have I picked a good niche? Do I need to be more narrow? Am I too broad? So what, like, Corbett, I'd love to see you kind of just like tie these together for us and help us understand you know, how can people answer that question? And maybe even like, why is that, why is this question so difficult in the first place?
2: Yeah, well, it's difficult in the first place, I think because of something you brought up earlier, which is we're afraid to narrow down our business idea because we're going to appeal to fewer people, right? And we're worried that if we appeal to fewer people, that Uh, our business won't grow as fast as it possibly could and we don't want to leave people out, right? Why why am I going to make this thing really specific when there are other people out there that I could be serving is, is the question. But the whole point of this entire conversation today, I think, is trying to appeal to people very strongly. You don't want to just create a product that anyone could buy. You want to create a product that some people desperately want to buy because it's much easier to get traction and get your business off the ground. A niche in the the just you know pure definition is something that's smaller than mainstream, right? It's just a a product that appeals to a smaller group of people than the mainstream. And I think sometimes people use niche to talk about all of these things that we've been covering today. But let's continue down this path of a niche refers more to the offering for your target market. So you've gone through all this work to figure out who your target market is, and the important work there I think is understanding specifically, very specifically who these people are, what drives their behavior, and what problems, needs, and desires do they have. And then from that information, let's say you de- you define your target market and and you have this Beautifully constructed group of people in your mind. These are people who care about the environment. Uh, maybe they went to a liberal arts college. Maybe they graduated as you know with uh, the early group of millennials. And you're starting to get a sense for who these people are, what drives their behavior, and what problems they might have. And and let's say you took the, are choosing a topic course, and you've narrowed down to wanting to create things for the home, uh, you know, home goods for these people. So you're trying to put these two things together and and try to find magic. The place that people fall down in in choosing a niche or in defining a product for a specific target market is you do all this work to define the target market and then you go, okay, I know who these people are. Now I'm going to offer them toothpaste. And it's Mm -hmm. just plain old toothpaste. It's like Colgate, but maybe it's a little cheaper. Or it's mm. like Colgate, but it has better packaging or something. Yeah. And you miss out on the magic that could have happened where you know who these people are. You know that they care about the environment. You know that they read product labels. You know that they don't want to put you know chemicals in their body and so on. And so you could have gone down the route of creating a, a Tom's of Maine sort of thing. But instead, you just ended up creating any old product. Mm. So... That that magic appeal that we were talking about before, trying to not just appeal to a group of people, but to try to appeal to a small group of people very strongly, happens when you not only define your target audience very specifically, but you also come up with a product that fits those people like a glove or like a puzzle piece.
0: Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. One of the things that you said just made me think of, you know, the reason why we have to do all of this stuff, guys. And I know it kind of probably feels like it's like, okay, this is all stuff I gotta do. I'll get my, you know, glasses on and get my school book out and like, babe, don't talk to me. I, I really gotta focus on getting this stuff together. I don't like things that feel like that. It's a bummer. But, you know, this is one of those things that, that you know, it's gonna make you go so much further so much faster when you get clear on this stuff and your story for why. And, uh, And so I apologize that it might sound like now we're like preaching or something like that. You got to do this thing. Uh, But I want it to feel like an, an invitation because this is what we have to do to create something that competes if we're trying to, some people stumble on ideas that just blow up all the time. They didn't think about any of this. It's amazing, but you can't count on that unless you're like just going like I don't care about the success. If you're like I need to have make this much money, my minimum viable income. Again, Fizzle will help you define all these things. I need to make this much money. I would love. I I'd like my life to look like X, Y, and Z. Um, so in order, to, and I don't want to have a job, and I don't. I don't want to spend more time with my family. I want to X, Y, and Z. Like right, like like. Okay, now we're getting intentional with our life, and we're looking to design something, and not just wait around for Prince charming to come and save us, right? That's why we do this, because when we care more, it ends up being a significant competitive advantage to you know any corporation out there to uh, other other competitors in that space. It's like it's like uh, this one page I keep thinking about in this in this book that I have where it's like, hey, bigger companies have more of everything than you, <laughs> more resources, more people, more uh, more tools, right? More bureaucracy, more yellow tape on everything. or is it red tape? I don't know. Uh, more bull crap, right? So this is you or this nimble independent entrepreneur. you can fly through this stuff. you can you can use your intuition, you can make something that like that it, it, like comes up from you and and is like a is like a beautiful thing to you. You know, and it gives you energy to work on, um, and and so this process is shifting you out of can I do this to did this work for you, and if not, you you get to like you have a process for iterating over time, right? So I don't know, I like that, I like that this is kind of building on itself. Ideal client, target market, niche. Right, they sort of like if mm-hmm. the, they feel like sort of nested in, in each other, niche being bigger than the other ones. Uh, but at the same time, this is all semantics. You can define things any way. What I think is essential yep. about this is that shift. Is that is this resonating with you? Is this solving your problem? And then the two we're going to get into, and, and we could easily add problem to this list, as Corbett mentioned. You know, because it's like here's my friend who has was concerned about her dog and wants the best life for her dog ever. Like, that might not necessarily sound like a problem to you, but, <laughs> but as a marketer, I'm like, well, I could probably find problems that are existing. You know, problem in, in uh, uh, parentheses here. Like, hey, does your dog sleep with your pack smell? Oh, you got to get this going. You Got to let your dog sleep with your pack, smelling. Make a bed out of your pillowcase so that they're smelling you through the night. That's an important thing. I just love that story. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. because it just created a market. It just create not a market, but like it created a differentiator. And I love yep. that. And it was based on a, it was. And and I don't care if it's true or not. Now that's because that's that's a I would like I have a baby girl right now. I spend I would spend money on so much bullcrap right now that I totally don't need. And that's what happens when you have a kid. Especially mm-hmm. when you have a girl. You know, it's like, all right, no, let's buy those pants. They're fitting her for a day, for one yeah. day. Right. You know, I'm like, still, they're cute. Let's do it. I want a picture. <laughs> so stupid. Yep. Anyways, Absolutely. we should probably run, go pretty quickly through these next ones here.
1: Yep, we'll we'll talk about these last two definitions cuz I think they are supportive of the the three we've talked about and then we'll wrap up the episode with um some kind of get into something more tactical so people know how to apply this stuff. So, yeah. the last two the last two definitions, I think really kind of like fit into the three that we've talked about already. So these are needs and desires. So we talk about this all the time and and I think it's important to, I I really like the way that we define them in the book, yourself solid course, because it just makes it really clear and simple to understand both of these things. Right. So needs are pressing problems and urgencies that people have in their lives. Right. Typically these are things that you want to move away from. Okay. So if you have a need, tends to be like that urgent feeling. I need to fix this. There's an element of fixing. And that tends to have an energy of, I want to, like, I don't like what I'm dealing with right now. I need to move to a different reality. Okay. So this is moving away from something. Then we have desires. So these are the things that we want in the future. So these tend to be things that we want to move towards. I'd like to have this, this outcome, or I'd like to have this thing in my life. Right. Maybe it's, I'd like to be in better shape. Something like that would be more of a desire. So. This concept of having, you know, understanding that probably for every target market out there, there are many things that those people want to move away from and at the same time want to move towards. So I like this concept of having needs and desires kind of being the supportive, like I think of them almost as like the columns that are propping up ideal client target target market and niche because they help us understand for I almost think that needs and desires kind of inform niche right because once you have an understanding of what the client is moving away from what they don't want the reality to look like and what they do want it to look like that can also be really helpful I think in helping understand what Mm. the heck you should actually offer these people
0: yeah no it's really well well put and I think like I said problem could be in here but the real truth is problem can be defined in so many ways, right? So, what well, I like the difference between needs and desires as a marketer because if I can get, it's like famously in all of the copywriting examples from like the famous copywriting books from back in the day when they were just like discovering there was a science to copywriting um, was like they would use medical examples because if I can, if, if I'm selling you a cream that is going to take away your hemorrhoid pain like, uh, I don't need to write very much at all. I just need to say you know takes away hemorrhoid pain when big big bold letters on the thing you know, I mean? and, yeah. if, and if i didn't know that was ever possible then i'm like oh my god i have to get that now that's called a need and and, and there's like you could see there's like this uh there's a spectrum of how needy my need is you know right. some needs are real needy and some needs aren't that needy most of us are starting businesses uh it, basically if you can start a business in a real needy need that's killer but a lot of those uh, basically every needy need is uh competitive at this point because we've that's what business is is it's discovering this new need this new need this new need it's like like we we have some new need for a new style of music that i didn't know i needed until i just heard it right now and just blew my mind now i love it you know it's mm-hmm. like now it's kind of like oh yeah and and the difference the the, the transition point from a need between a need and its desires Kind of hard to tell. Uh, they might be one and the same thing on the same spectrum, and there's just like a middle ground in there. Um, but but I, I don't know. There's people buy needs before they buy desires. But and once they get you know wealthy enough, and we're all basically living at the level of an aristocrat in the 1800s. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Like in the 1500s, right now we'd be aristocrats. Like everyone, everyone who's ever been to Starbucks and bought something, is yeah. <laughs> basically an aristocrat level in terms of wealth, right? And so the, the as as societies get more affluent just sort of like generally we can start going like dude I care what bed my dog sleeps on you know
1: Mm -hmm. right like it's a great
0: example of that and so needs and desires I I don't know this is the thing that your whole business is built on you can think of these as like the molecules almost uh, uh, and that are the structures that support everything else that you build including your definitions of ideal client target market niche what I like is I don't like starting with them because it's just too big of a question these are sort of the things that you end up defining uh, you, you know, as you're going from ideal client to target market, you're going. Like, what are the What are the traits about this person that might be extrapolatable into a wider audience that th- you're looking at needs and desires? You're also looking at demographics and psychographics, all the stuff that I talk you through and teach you in the defining your audience course. But needs and desires are sort of some of the most important things in there. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's yep. real important stuff.
1: So before we take this thing home and just finish with part three, I wanted to give a quick example that I think, I think at least for me in my mind kind of ties this all together. So I was thinking today about an example that might be easy for people to grab onto that just like summarizes all of this. And there are so many examples we could go through, even, you know, Fizzler businesses, but what was really standing out to me is Lara Bar. Okay. I was thinking about Lara Bars. I think they were such a good example of this because we could literally run through each one of these. Who's the ideal client for Lara Bar? It's like, pretty much the three people who are on this call, right? Or a lot of people Mm. who are listening who are kind of like more, you know, health conscious yuppie types, probably that Mm. kind of becomes the target market, which is people who are wanting to be able to eat healthier food and understand like what's the actual food that they're eating. You know, there's like so many snack options out there that are filled with ingredients. We're we're being taught Mm. more and more these days that you should understand what is in you know, the food that you're eating. And if you look at other alternatives to Larabar, there's like, at least, I think they changed the game. There are now more out there that you can see are very, very simple ingredients, but they Mm. were kind of like the first one on the scene, right? And if we look at the needs and desires of that audience, it's like, what are the things that we wanted to move away from? We wanted to move away from like the creepy, weird ingredients that you could find in like a Cliff Bar, for example. You're Mm. not going to understand all of the things that are in the packaging for a Cliff Bar. You want to move towards having healthy, easy, like, super simple food on the go without having to make all of your food at home. So I think the very last step is niche, right? And the product was Larabar. They said, we are going to offer a simple two ingredient health food bar that you can buy at any grocery store, stick in your bag and always have a snack that has dates and cashews and somehow tastes pretty good. Mm. Importantly, and again, this goes back to the concerns and the fears that we talked about, you know, being too niche. There are a lot of people out there who think that Larabar tastes like There are a lot of people who don't (laughs) like it. Like, think about it. Like, I know so many people who are like, oh God, how do you like that thing? But for people like me who really care about eating healthy... I love it. It's like such a good treat. I always have them with me. And like I said, I really think they changed this whole game of offering like a snack food on the go. Mm. So I just wanted to give an example for people of what this looks like in like real practice, because when you put all these things together, I think it's interesting how you can see how even a company that today is that big, they have made the strategic decision to be like, you know what? We're not the bar for everybody. And that's okay. Like we don't have added sugar. You might not like the taste of this bar, but there's a lot of people out there who do. And we're going to give them the solution. that they need mm. for this for this problem that they have so yeah
0: like that's it. just an example all Love right it. so
1: let's finish with the, the what people can do with this right because I think this is like the the where it all kind of comes home and I wanted to share three key questions again these are from the book yourself solid course that's at fizzle.co slash try five if you're really wanting to dig deeper into this. And then if there's anything else that you guys want to add in closing for how you think people can apply this, I'd love to hear it. But I really like these questions because again, that question of, am I narrow enough? If you've listened to this whole episode, we've been talking about this for about an hour now, and you're still like, uh, I don't know if I have my target market. I don't know if I have it all the way. Here are three questions that I think really simply can help you figure out if you're if you're in the ballpark, right? The first one is, do you know where to find them so you can concentrate your marketing efforts. Okay. So do you know where to go? Do you know where these people are reading? Do you know how to get in front of them? Do you know what they're consuming? Is there a general area that you can go to so that you can actually find them? All right. So if you've thought of one person and now you've, you know, characterized the greater group, do you know where they exist? That's the first one. The second one is, do they have existing networks of communication that you can use to connect with them? So What, like, this is where this is the part where you can actually go to those places, whether it's social media and actually interact with these people. Maybe it's in your local community. Where are they congregating that you can tap into? So, you're, of course, going to try to cultivate your own community by having your own business. But, where, what are the existing networks that you can tap into to actually connect with more of these people? And then the third one is will they know you're committed to serving them? To me, this is like the most important one if they land on your website or, you know, if you're brick and mortar, they step into your place of business, do they immediately feel like smack in the face? Like, oh my gosh, this person gets me or this is the business for me. You know, we go back Mm. to cozy comma, the dog beds like, oh my gosh, this, this business knows that I care about providing a stylish and cool, comfy dog bed. that I don't want to just buy a crappy one. That's, you know, from Petco. You want to feel like when these people land on your website, they know Without a doubt that you are providing, like you get them. I think it's as simple as that, that that they feel like, wow, this person really gets what I'm all about. So these Mm. three questions together, do you know where to find them so you can concentrate your marketing efforts? Do they have existing networks that you can connect with them? And will they know that you're committed to serving them? Without a doubt, will they know that you are the person who is really committed to serving their needs? If you're not sure about any of these, I think it's a pretty good indication that you're still a little bit too broad. So just wanted to share those three questions because I think pretty simply, it's a good set. Like it's just a good barometer of whether if you feel like still murky about this, I would say go to fizzle.co slash guides or do fizzle.co slash try five and take this course. So you can Mm. go a little bit deeper into like who it is that you're actually trying to to serve.
0: So I don't know what
1: the That being said, do you guys have any closing thoughts to help people apply this stuff? We've done the hard work of defining the things and we've given some, I think, practical tips along the way, but what, what do you want to leave people with that they can, that they can do right now with this stuff?
0: Corbett, what are you thinking?
2: Um, I would say, uh, you know, we, we talked about these things in order, And it certainly is useful to go through them in order. But if you're feeling stuck on one of these for some reason, if you just can't identify an ideal client or you don't know who your target market is or your niche, whatever, just uh, jump into any one of the three of these, wherever you feel like your curiosity is taking you. uh, And you'll be better off than a lot of businesses who never think about these things. A lot of people just Mm -hmm. do this intuitively and they don't spend time to sit down and, and create some definitions and and write down who these people are, uh, you know what drives their behavior, what their needs and desires are, and how specifically you intend to help them. So just answer one of those questions and uh, take it from there.
0: I love it. I love it. I uh, I guess yeah. I would say I would just I would just tag on to that exactly. You got to have these things figured out. Uh, it's an invitation. It's not like a you've got to do this. Uh, you got you want to be able to find a way to answer these questions that matters to you, that's interesting to you, uh, and that will <laughs> catapult your business to a different level for you. I believe because uh, it mm-hmm. like it's just work that I've just done so many times with different clients, and it always turns into something. I don't know. Turns into something something way better than it would have been. This is what it takes to be successful online. I just think it, I just think that's true because we're small. Unless you have like a bunch of cash lying around, and you can just advertise the crap out of stuff. You're still gonna have this problem in some ways right by the way a little trick i've been doing is i've been like <laughs> clicking every instagram ad that i get i'm just like what are they trying to sell like what do they think about me what do they think about me most of them think stupid things about me some of them think pretty good things about me you can learn a lot about how to market your own stuff by watching how other people are doing it you really can well steph mm-hmm. thank you so much for putting together the show you guys ready i'm gonna do the outro here had a blast talking with you again all right yeah. oh, so ready yeah
1: love
0: it so ready okay so this is it, guys. That was fizzleshow.co slash 208, episode 208 of the show. As we mentioned a few times, you can go to guides and get the guides for free at fizzle.co slash guides. You can also go to fizzle show. No, go to fizzle.co slash try five. If you want to try out any of these courses for free with that try five, you're going to get access unrestricted to all of fizzle to see exactly what it's like of course our hope is you go i'm not leaving i need this in my life this is making me too productive this is saving me from burnout this is motivating me this is giving me the next step that i need in my business i didn't even know that was the next step i needed all right that's what i'm hoping but you can just try it for five weeks for free and then cancel and you'll never get charged again all right Here's an iTunes rating from Kim is moving out in the US of A who says, hey guys, I don't normally write reviews, but you seem to actually care about the ones you get, so here you go. I wasn't a podcast listening person at all until very recently, and the only reason I got into them is that I was tired of listening to the same Spotify playlist over and over. I tried listening to other people's podcasts, but was painfully bored, so please remember that aside from your content, the reason I listen to your podcast is that I feel the life in all caps, the life that you put into it. From that awesome opening song to the humor that doesn't stop. Ignore the naysayers. They're boring. <laughs> I love that so much, Kim. Thank you, dear listener. Leave us an iTunes review if you haven't. We read every single one. That's it for episode 208. It can be challenging to put together this stuff. You're still going to have this question always the back of your mind, like, is it is it defined enough? That's okay. Swallow that and move on because there's more to learn about this as you work, all right? So find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, then I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.